Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. So firstly, before I get into this podcast, I just want to say like a massive, massive thank you to everyone who got in touch with me after the last podcast I did about battling depression. Um, That was quite a scary one for me, to be honest. I'd never normally quite, like, normally when I just upload a podcast, upload it, boom, like, I don't really have much fear, but that one I was a bit, as I, it was a difficult one. So a massive thank you and so much love to all of you who listened to it, who messaged me. Um, it really did mean a lot and it kind of just shows how important it is to talk about these sorts of issues. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to reach out or they're not sure what podcast episode it's referring to, it's literally the previous one, Battling Depression. But yeah, let's get straight into this episode what I've pretty much done, what I've tried to do, is go through all the questions, all the topics that you guys have been requesting through Instagram DMs. And I tried to full, bring up the flagged ones and then none of them came up. So what I've done is I've basically taken one, two, three, four, five, six topics um, that are quite popular, that I hear quite a lot come through. And I'm basically just going to go over all of them. So apologies, I haven't got the people's names. I haven't got the questions itself just because my Instagram DMs were annoying me, but I really wanted to get this one out. So the first topic that I'm going to be talking about is all around your, I guess, well, what this person puts, and I've put in quotes here, screwed version of yourself and your body during prep. And I guess the question from what I recall is, how do you go about managing that? So that's probably the biggest reason why you hire a coach. Because your coach is going to be able to give you that objective view of yourself and basically tell you what's what. Whether you need to come in a bit tighter, whether you don't. Like, you hire them pure... Like, obviously, there's so many reasons why you hire them, but a big reason, I think, why you should hire a coach is to relieve that pressure. Because you're already looking at your body quite a lot of times throughout the day, whether it's through posing, whether you're doing your check-ins, you're fascinated about how much progress or how your body's responding to things. And obviously you want to see the progress. But that can come with its downfalls. That can come can become very overwhelming for people. The bottom line is, when you get to that low levels of body fat, you are going like you are most likely going to have a certain degree of a skewed version of yourself. What degree that is depends on the person, but just accept and understand that. While you can make good calls, generally, when you're in those low body fat sort of areas closer to prep, you're not going to be able to make sound, as sound judgments about your body, about how you look in comparison to what someone can who is outside, basically outside of yourself and outside of your own head. Because obviously when you get to those stages, you might start looking at competitors looking at when what happens when you do a refeed, when you don't, when you're flat, when you're not. So I guess the bottom line is, if you're wondering how you kind of manage that, firstly, hire a coach that you trust, that you know can bring you in properly. Understand and be aware that the way that you might be perceiving or looking at your body might be slightly distorted, purely because of the environment that you've put yourself in. Um, and obviously the competition that you're prepping for. Understand that 
throughout this whole process, you're going to go through cycles. You've got to understand those cycles. You've got to embrace those cycles. And you've just got to go with the flow and try not to put too much pressure on yourself to fully be a certain way all the time. Because that's not going to happen. Especially when you're trying to maintain your physique show to show. In between those stages, you're not going to be able to hold that leanness and that level of condition all the time. But understand that. Acknowledge it. And if you have any concerns or you feel you're not too sure, reach out to your coach or reach out to someone else who understands, who can support you with this. The hardest part you do find is when you come out of your show, when you're starting to gain weight again. But this is something that I say to a lot of my clients half the time, is even when you're in the really, really low levels of body fat, look back at photos that you remember, that you recall feeling great about yourself. Whether that's being a couple of weeks post-show, or whether that is being in your off-season. Usually I push girls to look at photos in their off-season when they felt great. Because, you know, there's pros and cons when you're in off-season and when you're not. So I hope that does cover that question. The next one that I've got here is launching a podcast. So basically how you go about doing it and how I went about doing it as well. I never set out to do a podcast. I always listened to them, but I never thought of myself as being someone that could do a podcast. It was after being with my mentor for a little bit, Nini Shobo, when he kind of said, well, you keep saying that there's nothing there for competitors and that's how you found me. So why don't you do your own? I was kind of toying with the idea for ages. Um, And then the more and more I listened to other people's podcasts, the more that I started brainstorming them, the more I started getting frustrated that there wasn't anything out there. That's when I realised, right, if no one else is going to do it, then I've got to put myself up and be able to have a platform for girls to be able to get knowledge, get stronger mentally, because I know how important the mental side is with competing. Don't ever think that you can neglect your mindset and the mental conditioning side of what you do, whether that is in contest or not. So yeah, I kind of just bit the bullet and it was after a friend of mine, DJ Olu, that I like to call him, um, it was after he passed away that it kind of just gave me a bit of a wake-up corner. I thought, crap, like I really need to do this now. Like he was a big, big push for me to kind of, I guess, get out of my own way which is easy and it's it happens to everyone. I've had a few questions of people saying like, how do you start? And I used to hear this phrase all the time and be like, this sounds so cheesy, but you literally just have to put the first foot forward and start. Don't expect to be 100% perfect whatever you are starting out with, whether it's starting your own podcast, whether it's starting a business, whether it's starting a new job. Accept that you're going to go into whatever you want to go into <laughs> not at your best. You've got to have to start from the ground up. Like, if you listen back to the, my first few podcasts, you could probably still hear the nerves, the, maybe the stuttering, maybe I edited all that out, I'm not sure. But over time, hopefully if you guys have listened to this for a while, hopefully, fingers crossed, you can tell that I'm starting to get a bit more refined and more comfortable with doing this. And that's the same thing with anything. You have to keep doing it in order to get better, in order to get more comfortable with doing it. The same way when people are dealing with phobias, slowly over time, you get used to it. So for example, I used to be really, really scared of needles. So I had a really bad experience when I was younger. 
um, just completely threw me off. And when I first started dating my now husband, and obviously he injects testosterone and all that sort of thing, I was petrified, like so scared. And when he was doing his shots, I would like turn this way. I was like, no, not looking at this. Uh, blah, blah. No, no, no. And over time, I started to get more normalised to it. We all used to it. And now I can watch him do it. It's absolutely fine. I see a needle on the side. I'm not scared of it. I know it's a bit of an abstract sort of example to use. It's probably not the most like normal or like PG friendly or whatever. But that just shows you've just got to get yourself used to that situation. The same thing with horses. Sometimes you have to slowly introduce them to something new and then they get used to it and they can get better. And the same thing with doing a podcast and that's what I found. You keep doing it, you keep pushing yourself past your comfort zone. And the same thing with competing. The first time you step on stage isn't going to be your best, but you're going to get better and you're going to get more comfortable and more confident. In terms of equipment, a lot of people seem to, whenever they want to start anything... They have this assumption that you have to have everything before you start. Like, I've got, you know, if I want to be a YouTuber, I've got to have the best camera. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. And I know some podcast hosts have their fancy speakers and all that sort of thing. Do you know what I do? I record it off my phone. That's how I do it when I'm doing my some of my recordings in the car. Purely because that's what feels right for me. It, sometimes it feels too staged when I'm doing a natural microphone. Um, you know, I, I have very, very basic editing software when I'm doing these podcasts That because that's just the way that I like to do it. And I guess the takeaway point from that is don't feel like you've got to have everything under your belt before you start. You've just got to start because you will get better and you'll be able to invest more. Obviously, if you're doing YouTube, the more you get into it, like, there's no point spending a grand on a camera if you start doing your YouTube channel and then you realise you don't really like doing it and then you've just spent a grand and it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> the same thing, like, if you're doing competitions, some girls really want to go for the Diamante shoes, which is great, but if you're a first-timer, I always say to them, just get the plain ones just starting out, because some people don't make it to their show day, and there's no point in you spending £100 on a diamante pair of shoes if you're then not sure if you want to do competing at the same time. So, yeah, launch a podcast or launching anything, you've just got to go for it. Um, stop worrying that you haven't got everything you need. You don't need everything. You just need you, basically, and you need your right mindset to go with that. Okay, third topic I've got here is periods and hormones after prep. So I, I did have a guest lined up, but she's actually studying something a little bit serious. So she wants to put 100% into that right now, which I completely understand. It's a really cool piece of research that's coming out. So I'm not going to talk to you about the science side of this, purely because I don't know it. <laughs> I'm never going to be that person that says incorrect information, because um, I just see it too much these days anyway. But yeah, periods, hormones, after prep. I guess I'll just talk about my own personal experience of this last year. So I was on contraception from the age of 17 all the way up to about 22, 23. And then I'm now on no contraception purely because I just didn't like the way... This sounds a bit like abstract, but I didn't like the way after so long I felt a bit blunt in terms of like my mental state and hormones. Because obviously... Hormones can play into your mindset as well. That is something that isn't really spoke about or put into the kind of into general awareness as well. 
so I actually quite like, even though, yes, like, I get PMS and all that sort of thing, like, I like feeling those processes. After so long of not feeling them, I like feeling them now. My periods were absolutely fine. They were, they were regular, doing their own thing. It got into until last year. So I was prepping from April, was still getting my periods. Everything was absolutely fine. And then my last period was in August. My first load of shows were in September and my period stopped. Why that happened, whether it was low body fat, like I was still having a period even though my body fat was very low. But from what I saw, from my own awareness of what was going on in my life, I knew I had a lot of stress coming from all end of August into my shows. I was moving house. It was quite sudden. It was quite abrupt. Um, my husband was really poorly. So for me, I purely, yes, the the dieting and the prep was a contributor, but I think what kind of put the nail in the coffin, which stopped my periods, was stress. And stress is such a big thing that can affect so many elements of your prep and generally to do with your own health as well. So my periods came back in December. I ate a lot more in a surplus than I did the year before. So it's a hard one. It's such a hard one with periods and hormones because it is so person-dependent. Like, my experience is going to be very, very different to someone else. Like, it might take someone 20 pounds above stage weight to get their period back. It might take someone half a stone, like, you know, seven pounds to then get their periods back. Some people keep their periods for the whole time. Some people will literally diet for two seconds and they'll lose a period. So, understand that that is kind of... That is something that you have... That That is a risk when you're doing this, that you might lose your period, um... Most cases that I hear, the period comes back. But again, I'm not a coach, so I don't know what the full extent of that is. But the biggest one that I've learned last year is that stress can really, really play havoc with you, with your periods, with your hormones and just with everything. So that is the big thing that I would say is going to be able to help you perhaps keep your period for longer um, and generally make you feel a lot better for our prep as well. Fourth topic that came up a couple of times was time management during prep. We all would love to have more time, wouldn't we, girls? Bloody hell. I literally am sitting here thinking, how is, like, time flown? <laughs> it's a bit mad. But time management during prep. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't even say this is a thing that you have to do during prep and then in off-season you don't. I feel like you have to do this all the time because, obviously, when you're in prep, more time is dedicated towards your actual prep. But in your off-season, your time is going to be dedicated towards other areas of your life as well as kind of competing-esque sort of things. So the biggest things is review your system. What is your system right now for managing your time, managing your weeks, knowing what your goal is? You can't really go into a week not having a certain idea of what you're doing, pretty much. Especially during prep, it will save you a lot of time and a lot of hassle if you can try and plan things a bit better before you even start your week. So what I do with my clients is encourage them to basically plan out the whole week before it even starts. On their Sunday, they plan it out. Usually um, we've gone through like their general lifestyle and seen what would fit best with them. And not just from a practical standpoint, but from how their person dynamics works, what they feel they're best doing. Some people like having the most anal time management ever so between 10 and 11 I do this between 11 and half 11 I do that some people like to be a bit more flowing a bit more natural 
but it kind of just depends on you. But I, the biggest thing I would say is check over your system right now. If it's not working, then you need to re- reassess whether you need to kind of step things up, whether it's buying food in bulk, whether it's meal prepping in bulk. There's a lot of things you can actually do in prep at the same time. So, for example, cardio. People really do underestimate that cardio that you're doing. Yes, it's maybe half an hour out your day. Yes, it's maybe an hour out your day. But that half an hour, hour of your cardio could be your kind of zone out time. So you could just take time just to relax, watch some TV, de-stress. Or it could be the time that you're replying back to people that you haven't had time to catch up with. Or you're doing your voice notes to people. Or you're chatting to someone on the phone. Or that could be the time that it's your time to learn. So I know a lot of girls listen to my podcast when they're doing their cardio. Try and keep it productive. Like, yes, you might have an hour commute in the morning, but what could you do in that hour? Whether it is just having a clear head. People think meditation has to be this, I have to sit down every single time and do deep nasal breathing. No. Meditation doesn't always have to be that obvious. Sometimes meditation can be in a very abstract form of just being in the car and just having, you know, music on, even having no music on, just relaxing, seeing the world around you and kind of just focusing on just driving. Even that can be a very, very meditative technique and process that can really benefit you. So review what your time management system is right now. See how you can do kill two birds with one stone. You can do that a lot during prep. And it can really, really help you. Prioritise as well. What things really must get done? What things are urgent? What things are not? We tend to fall into traps of thinking that everything is urgent and has to be done right now. So you see a message that comes through. You have to respond to it. You don't always have to respond to it automatically. If you've got a dedicated time within your day that you reply to things, you reply to things in that day, in, in that time. You don't get distracted when things are coming in and that's another thing as well I guess tricking on from that assess your notifications so you could have this whole day planned and that one message that one notification completely throws you off and then you freaking looking up food porn or cats or dogs on Facebook minimize distractions stay focused and you will find that you are able to do a lot more with your time than what you realize the fifth thing here is I don't actually recall the 100% what the question was, but I remember this lady, she's struggled with an eating disorder in the past and she wants to prep for her first show. And she basically was asking me whether she should do it. Man, I can't answer that for you. I just, I can't. Whether I can't ever say to someone, like I can say to them, you generally, like, you seem ready to go for in for a show, but I'm not in that person's head. I don't know if they're having doubts. I don't know if they've got weird relationships with food still. So, it's... I I would not want to answer this one. It is one of those things that you have to... You have to know in yourself. And you've got to make that sensible, rational decision. Um, whether you have got an eating disorder or not. Or like Whether it is the right time for you to prep for your first show or for your tenth show. Sometimes... Doing it at a certain point isn't the right thing for you. I mean, in terms of people that have eating disorders and they're not sure whether they want to compete, my biggest advice is to learn up. Learn about the sport. Learn about 
what competing is like, listen back to all these other podcasts and ask people, ask people who have been very open about their experience of experience of eating disorders because they'll be able to give you perhaps a little bit more insight than what I can. And if you're doing your first show, I would really stress to you that you need to understand and you need to know how to diet and what dieting feels like, the sacrifices, all the things that come with dieting. So whether that is doing a mini cut or whether that is doing having like a 12-week goal of just doing a photo shoot where you don't have to get crazy lean, but you understand within that process, time management, what dieting feels like, all those sorts of things. As well, you've got to be able to be in a good spot. So usually that is being at a slightly higher body fat than what you would probably, your set point where you like to be. So it's not a case of understanding how to diet before you go into a show. It's understanding how to do an off-season and perhaps eating in a maintenance or surplus you need to be able to understand to a certain degree all the cycles of competing before you go into it in order to set yourself up, not just physically, but also mentally. So that's probably my advice to um, people who perhaps have eating disorders uh, or have had eating disorders and they're thinking about prepping or just generally people that want to do their first ever shows. Leading on from that, actually, um, this is probably going to be my most interesting topic that I want to talk about is non-supported people during prep who don't understand. My God, I've I'm in my se- I was in my second year of competing last year, and I've still got people around me that still don't understand what the hell I do, and they have this skewed vision. This is just something that you have to manage and you have to deal with a lot, and it's not something I'd love to say that it goes away. I personally don't think it does. But the way that I like to put it to people, and especially if girls are messaging me saying, I find it really hard for my friends and family to support me and understand me. Now, I want to ask you, if you're getting to the point now that you've done competing, whether it's for your first time, you're ready for it, whether you've been doing it for a few years, how long did it take you, like you as a person, to fully understand what competing is? How much time have you put into researching, understanding, attending seminars, whatever it's been, watching YouTube videos, however long it's taking you to understand this sport, then that's probably going to be a similar amount of time, if not maybe half the time, they don't need to know as much. But what I'm trying to get at here is... However long it took you to understand this sport is going to take a similar amount of time or a good amount of time for you to explain and educate, teach people around you this new thing that you are doing. The same thing with learning a language. It can take you years sometimes. It can take you quite a lot of time, a lot of repetitiveness in order to learn a new language. And this is the same thing when you have people around you that are being non-supportive or not understanding. Usually, it's not a case they're not being supportive, it's that they don't understand what you're doing. And it falls on you, I would say, slightly more at the beginning to reiterate and repeat and educate people around you with what you are doing. They're going to have perceived misconceptions purely because of what bodybuilding has been betrayed in mainstream media. The same thing to a certain degree with Instagram as well. There is a little bit of misconceptions here and there. So understand probably where they're coming from. Understand that they might say silly things 
in our heads it's silly things, but to them, they're not in the circuit, they're not in our little bubbles. So you just have to be very, very aware of that and understand that sometimes it's going to take a little bit longer for people to fully understand and support you and know what you're doing. And sometimes they're going to be guessing, sometimes they think they're being helpful, but it's not their fault. (laughs) Even though you might be getting really, really frustrated with them and thinking, oh, they just don't get it, they just don't understand it. They don't, it's the same thing with anything. They're not going to understand it if they haven't got that information there. So even though it's frustrating, be patient with it. Because sometimes you will find the people that are, at the beginning, they're not as supportive. The ones that give you the biggest kind of crap are going to be your biggest supporters. So it's gone from my mum thinking that protein powders are making me angry to now mum being my biggest supporter, always going to my shows and been a massive help with Compaq, and even to the stage that she was gemming my pose and shoes up for me. You know, she doesn't understand it all still, but she understands it. I've let her into into my life a bit more, and that's on me. That is on me, um, and it's not necessarily on her all the time. Say my grandma, you know, at the beginning she weren't too sure, but you know, over time, I've educated her, I've taught her, I've shown her different things, I've taken a more proactive approach. And that's what you have to do. I won't say that you'll do this with every single person and they'll get it because my dad still doesn't have a freaking clue what I do, doesn't get it, my brother won't understand it, never come to shows, and that's fine. Some people are just very narrow-minded and they won't want to open up, I guess, open up their mind to the opportunity of I guess showing you showing a different side of you and opening up to a different part of your life. That's fine. You don't need to have everyone supporting you, rallying you. Like this prep, you've got to be your own biggest freaking supporter. The biggest, biggest one in the room. Because there's going to be times that you're going to be by yourself and you can't expect everyone else to support you and understand you. But that's probably the biggest lesson that you'll learn with doing preps and dieting and this general fitness journey on, it teaches you self-reliance, it teaches you independence and that inner strength as well. And I guess it improves your relationship with yourself because you realise you can rely on yourself a lot more than what you realise. So yeah, take it upon yourself to teach and educate people as much as you can. You're going to get those hits, you're going to get knockbacks, you're going to be get people saying silly things. Just let it go over your head. Some people are never going to be open-minded, but that's fine. You're you're not here. Yes, like, you're doing this for you, and you're not here to teach them. Um, but, yeah, some people will want to learn. Some people won't. I've had some mates that have been incredible. I had one of my friends that tanned me the day before my show, and she's never seen me naked, and obviously I was a little bit lean. So that was quite a funny experience. Um, so, yeah, you have those friends that will be there. You have the friends that won't. But anything you go through life, any change that happens, it's surprising the reactions you get from other people. Especially, like, you think it's kind of like they don't support you. Sometimes it might be jealousy. You never know, and at the end of the day, you never know what's, what's going on in other people's minds. Why they're responding to the way they are. So don't take it too personally. It's one of those things. But as long as you know in yourself that you're doing this for the right reasons and you've got... You don't need a lot of people in your circle to really succeed. You just need, it's always quality over quantity with people. Sometimes you just have to learn that it's going to be some people that 
you know, you speak to more when you're in your off season and then some people like you just won't and that's fine. I've got friends that I don't really see a lot during prep and I've got friends that I do. But it just shows you who's really got your best interest and who will love you and support you no matter what and who won't. So it's never a bad thing. It's always a lesson I've found. Okay, I've got to the end. Yes. It's a good variety, hopefully. If you guys have enjoyed this, if you've got more topics or more questions that you want to fire over, you can do it by emailing me at notjustabikinigirl at outlook.com or you can contact me on www.notjustabikinigirl.com or I know you guys are mostly on the Instagram so you can head over to the Not Just a Bikini Girl Instagram account and just hit me up on the DMs as well. It really does mean a lot, like, the support that I have got. Even going through like, all the messages, I just wanted to make sure I covered most topics that have been suggested. And it's just, it's a bit mad still, but uh, I read every review. I read every single message. Sometimes it does take me a bit of time, purely because, obviously, I'm trying to look after clients and reply back to emails and messages and whatever, but... I always reply, so it does mean such a lot. I hope this podcast episode has been helpful, and I will see you guys in the next one. This has been your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and this has been the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast.